faithfully. Him and Linda come up every month for the meetings and for the joy factor, and he would do the praise and the worship. But he wrote a song of what literally goes on in Holy Ghost joy meetings. Amen? So you're going to see the words. Are the words ready, Josh? Sorry? Uh, do, do we have the words for it? <coughs> Carol Annie, do we have the words? You're not sure? Oh, let's just let Jeff minister it to you. Be, read, enjoy. Hallelujah. Well, what a blessing to get to be here in New Jersey. Uh, keep the head mic muted and it won't interfere with... Uh, the vocal mic here. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb of God. I'm drinking from the fountain that never shall run dry. It's bubbling up inside of me, a bountiful supply. Holy, holy joy, and here's the reason why. I'm drinking from the Holy Ghost. I'm drinking from the fountain that never shall run dry. It's bubbling up inside of me, a bountiful supply. Overwhelmed with holy joy, and here's the reason why. I'm drinking from the Holy Ghost. I'm drinking, 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 drinking. I'm drinking, 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 drinking. I'm drinking, 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 drinking. I'm drinking from the Holy Ghost. Some are crying, some are laughing, some are rolling on the floor. I'm telling you, I'm seeing things I've never seen before. The Holy Ghost is moving. There's glory all around. Blessed are the people when they know the joyful sound. Revelation knowledge from the pages of God's Word. Illuminating mysteries in ways we've never heard. Some might think it's crazy. Some might say it's odd. But anything can happen when you're hanging out with God. Holy laughters, holy criers, holy in the spirit flyers, holy snorters, holy crawlers, holy jump stuck against the wallers. Come join the celebration with Jesus as our host. We're just a bunch of party animals in the Holy Ghost. Some are crying, some are laughing, some are rolling on the floor. I'm telling you, I'm seeing things I've never seen before. The Holy Ghost is moving. There's glory all around. Blessed are the people when they know the joyful sound. Revelation knowledge from the pages of God's Word. Illuminating mysteries in ways we've never heard. Some might think it's crazy. Some might say it's odd. But anything can happen. Oh, anything can happen. Oh, anything can happen when you're hanging out with God. Hallelujah. This old hymn has been rolling over in my spirit for the last couple of days. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just 
to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust you how I've proved you war and war Jesus Jesus precious Jesus Trust you more, Jesus, Jesus. How I trust you, how I've proved you, Lord, and all, Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust you more, oh, for grace to trust you is the flow that makes me white as snow no other fount I know nothing but the blood of Jesus is the flow that makes me white as snow. No, 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 no other fount I know. Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Lord, we sing thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the blood. There's freedom in the blood. Freedom in the blood. Freedom in the blood. Freedom 
I'm in the blood of Jesus Christ. Freedom in the blood. And there's healing. There's healing in the blood. Healing in the blood. Healing in the blood of Jesus Christ. Healing in the blood. So, Lord, we thank you. For the blood, thank you for the blood, thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ, thank you for the blood, for it reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose. It will never, never, never lose. It will never lose. It's Lift your hands and thank Jesus for the blood. Hallelujah. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Hallelujah. Well, bless, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. You can turn me back on. I'm supposed to be green. Oh, I'm green back there. Hallelujah. Everybody say it's not easy being green. <laughs> All right. You can be seated if you can. Turn to the person next to you and tell them you will never be the same in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, there we go. Praise God. Well, the Lord is good and His mercy endures for six months. Everybody say forever. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 16. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. Now while you're finding that particular passage... I want to plug in to something that uh, pastors have already shared this morning. Several years ago, the Lord put a word in my spirit. And I began to preach at different places as we would travel across the country. 
But it's been several years ago now, and the Lord dropped in my spirit the word, claim Psalm 91. And so I began to preach on Psalm 91, various places that we have gone. The audios are available. You're welcome to them. In fact, several places the audios are available. But I was specifically impressed at that point when that word came in my spirit that we would need the provision of Psalm 91 in the days ahead. And so I began to preach and teach Psalm 91. Then then a couple of weeks later, after that word bubbled up in my spirit, another word bubbled up on the inside of me by the Holy Ghost. Make certain that you are dwelling in Goshen. And I, I began to check that out, and I found out that even when judgment fell upon the nation in which they lived, God's people were safe and protected in Goshen. There is a place of safety and a place of protection. God gave us in 2016 not a victory per se, but an extension of His mercy upon this land. If you look at 2016 as a victory, the way most people normally think of that, and you sit back and say, praise God, we won that one. Now back to business as usual. You will be missing God's purpose. Now more than ever, we must pray for our president, pray for our nation, stand against the forces of darkness that are trying to undermine every kingdom purpose for our land. It is time to be vigilant, not time to go to sleep. It is time to be alert and not complacent. We must understand that just because we hold a particular eschatological position over when the rapture is going to take place, there is no scripture in the Bible anywhere that promises that all of the Christians will be taken out of the world before America faces any challenging days because, bless God, we're Americans. So regardless of how you time the rapture before, mid, or after the tribulation, I'm a pre-trib guy. Thank you, Pastor. But you need to understand that Regardless of the fact that we believe the rapture will take place before a predetermined seven year period. Some point in the future. There is no scripture that promises we're all going to get out of here because we're Americans and America can never face any difficulties or any challenging times. Bless God, we're Americans. 
No, you need to understand the destiny of the United States of America does not rest upon what happens in the White House, but upon what happens in the church house. And God promised, if my people, which are called by my name, He didn't say if all the sinners quit sinning. How many of you know that sinners sin? That's what they do. God didn't say if all the sinners quit sinning. He said, if my people, if my people, which are called by my name, has his name been called upon you? The name of Jesus was called upon me. I went down into the water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that name was called upon me. And if we've been called by His name, God said we need to humble ourselves, pray, seek His face, turn from our wicked ways. And God's promise is then, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive your sin, and I will heal your land. Praise God. So even though 2016 might have been and was a step in the right direction, a step towards turnaround, it is not time for us to rest. It is not time to be complacent. It is not time to sit back on our laurels and go back to business as usual. Let me tell you something. God's ultimate purpose for us is not revival. Now, we must have revival. But God's wanting to take us. We don't need to stay at revival. We got to go through revival, but we got to have revival, but we can't stay at revival. Why? Because revival is over and then people go back to business as usual. And let me tell you something. You might have experienced an anointed meeting, an anointed series of services where God's power was in mighty demonstration. And thank God for that. But if you leave that service, if you leave that week-long series of meetings that we used to call revivals. As powerful and anointed as they may have been, if you leave those services and go back to business as usual, you might have been in an anointed service, but you did not experience revival. You might have gotten blessed. You might have gotten healed. You might have gotten turned on, fired up. For 30 minutes. But when you walk out that door. If you go back to business as usual. You didn't have revival. We must go through revival. Into reformation. Because if what we have. Is not changing us. How in the world. Can we expect it to change our culture? How many of you still love me? These are serious days. I'm not a gloom and doom preacher. I have hope for the United States. I have hope 
for the church. I'm trusting God. But you need to understand that in this day, the remnant is arising. There is coming a dividing line, not just between the lost and the saved. There is coming a sharp dividing line between what Dr. Ballard, a friend of mine in Alabama, calls the righteous and the remnant. There are those who are born again and content to stay right at the door they came in at. But there is a remnant arising. A microcosm within the macrocosm of the total group of those that have been born again. Listen, going to heaven is not God's ultimate goal for the church. If God's ultimate goal for you was just to get you to heaven, then why didn't He snatch your breath right out of you at the altar and take you on up there? They got saved now. Let's get them. Bam! You and I are called to expand the influence of the kingdom that we represent in the midst of the culture in which we are located. I I heard two preachers, one named Pitts and one named Bismarck. I don't know either one of them personally, but I heard two uh, message, a message from each of them, and they both said the same thing. I don't know if they compared notes or not. Because I don't know them. But this got my attention when I heard this. A response to a spiritual influence creates an atmosphere. An atmosphere sustained creates a climate. A climate sustained creates an environment. And an environment sustained impacts a culture. One of the places where we've missed it in the body of Christ is that we've tried to go out and with the arm of the flesh impact our culture when we haven't even been able to maintain a consistent atmosphere of the manifested presence of God right here. Listen, if we cannot welcome and embrace the presence of God within these four walls, what makes you think you're going to be able to carry the presence of God outside these four walls? If we cannot see kingdom culture prevail within these four walls, how in the world do you think we're going to export kingdom culture into the world in which we live? But you don't understand, Pastor. Sister Doodad just pushes my buttons. Sister Doodad. You know Sister Doodad. She just pushes my buttons. I'm so mad at her, I don't know what to do. I'm offended. Fit their doodad just pushes my buttons. Let me tell you something. Your problem is not that Sister Doodad pushes your buttons. Your problem is you still got buttons to push. Woo! 
And let me tell you a little principle. This will help you. This will help you if you let it help you. Whatever, and I'm just going to say you. I'm not talking about you as individuals. I mean, you're here this morning. Whatever you leave this church trying to escape, God will see to it that you find it at the next church where your warm body lights. Fit the doodad pushes my buttons. I, I, I'm going to leave, Pastor. I'm going to go someplace that's just more, more love. More buttons? Fit the doodad pushes my buttons. Let me, I guarantee you, when you get to the next place, the first person is going to come and sit down. Listen, this is not the devil. This is God. God will see to it that Sister Doodad is one of the first people that comes and sits next to you. Now, it might not look like the same Sister Doodad was in the last place, but it is Sister Doodad on steroids. Whatever you run from leaving this church, you're going to find it at the next church. And you know why? Because wherever you go, there you are. It is time for radical, confrontational discipleship. It is time for believers to submit to God's process. Lovey-dovey, kissy-pie, I'm okay and you're okay. If what you are experiencing does not confront your character, you are not experiencing biblical discipleship. It is not a matter of charisma or character, power or purity. It is a matter of charisma and character, power and purity. I mentioned this on the forum. I could take 15 minutes with any of you that are halfway hungry for God and teach you several spiritual principles that will increase the flow of the anointing through your life. That will increase the uh, manifestation of gifts of the Spirit. That will get you in better position to yield to the Holy Ghost. I can do that in 15 minutes. Anybody that's near about hungry for God. What I cannot do in 15 minutes is screw the top of your head off and pour in godly character. Character is only developed in the crucible of the dealings of God. And sometimes those dealings are not comfortable because whom the Lord loves, He child trains. King James used the word chasten. Well, how did you train your children? You said, no, you are not allowed to do that. Yes, you are commanded to do that. And if you disobey, 
There are consequences. That's what the training of children is all about. Not letting little Johnny find his own way and determine his own path and decide whether he's a boy or a girl. When I was a kid, if you wanted to know whether you was a boy or a girl, you just stood in front of the mirror naked and you could see it. Don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. But we've got to let little Johnny decide what he is. He might decide he wants to be little Janie. And because the church has not discipled, our culture is in danger of losing control of this generation. It's on us. God put it on us. He didn't put it on the folks in Washington. Somebody said, well, they're just goofy people in Washington. Well, they, yeah, but they, God didn't put it on them. God put it on us. God didn't leave it up to them. He left it up to us. Why am I saying all of this? I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are already moving in some of this. But you've got to understand, my brother and sister, these are critical days we are at a tipping point in this nation and you've got to understand that everybody found Matthew 16 even the slow pokes ought to have found it by now I'm not going to preach long but I'm going to preach good I just I just I, I just was kind of stirred. I, I felt I really needed to kind of exhort a little bit along that line. Because there are, there, God still has standards. God still has standards. I said, God still has standards. Now, that doesn't mean that, that uh, ladies, you can't wear makeup and you've got to wear the Marge Simpson hairdo. That's not what it means. Last church we pastored, we were there about two weeks, and one of the ladies in the church came up to me and said, Pastor? Because she had been raised in the old, you know, with the old dress code legalist thing. And she came up and said, Pastor, is it okay to wear makeup? I looked at her and I said, Well, honey, don't you know every old barn needs a coat of paint every once in a while? I've seen a few barns I thought needed two coats. Amen. But folks will come to you when you begin to talk about God's holiness and God's standards. And we're ministering in love, but we're called haters. And they'll say, don't judge me. Jesus said, don't judge. Don't judge me. 
The Bible says judge righteous judgment. You don't judge merely according to the seeing of the eye or the hearing of the ear, but you judge righteous judgment based on the Word of God. In other words, I don't judge anything based on rumor or hearsay or secondhand information, somebody's eye or somebody's ear, but I declare what the truth of God's Word is. And I'm not judging anybody's salvation when I do that I'm merely declaring God's judgment on behavior that he calls sin everybody found Matthew 16 let me give you the backstory. Jesus and his disciples have come into the coast or into the region of Caesarea Philippi And Jesus asked his disciples a question. Who do men say that I am? What are folks saying about me? What are you hearing? What are they saying? The disciples responded, well, some say you're John the Baptist come back. Some say you're Elijah come back. Some say you're one of the other prophets come back. And then Jesus confronted them head on. He said, but who do you say that I am? Now, there are several principles that we can draw from that. One of them is this. It is not only important, vitally important, who you believe Jesus is. Yes, that is vitally important. But it's not only important who you believe Jesus is. It is equally important that you say out of your mouth who He is in you. And you know Peter's great answer. We, you know, we criticize Peter every once in a while. Oh, he's just a big blowhard always putting his foot in his mouth. Listen, Peter was a great man. Peter was a great man. How many of you have never flubbed up or put a foot in the mouth? Yeah, Peter was a great man. And here Peter comes out and he says, Oh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood hasn't revealed it to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, we've got to understand that when Peter, at this point in history, as as an observant Jew, when Peter said, you are the Christ... He didn't have all of the theological understanding that we have 2,000 years later from the written New Testament about everything that was involved in being Christ. Christ is simply a Greek translation of the Hebrew Mashiach or Messiah. So Peter is saying to Jesus, you are the Messiah of Israel. You're the anointed one that we have been prophesied and waiting for and looking for. You are the du jour, by right, Davidic king of Jerusalem. Or of Judea, of of Israel. Even Pilate believed that Jesus was the rightful king because he put that inscription upon his cross. The religious crowd said, take that down. Put up there, he said, or he thought, he claimed 
to be the king. No, Pilate said, I, what I've written, I've written. In other words, I've checked out the genealogy. I called in some of your scholars that were on my payroll. And they told me, yeah, we've looked through the genealogy. This guy is the rightful king of Israel. And I'm getting rid of him today. Because there's no king but Caesar. So understand what Peter meant. He said, you're the Messiah of Israel. You're the Son of God. Peter makes, or Jesus rather, makes a play on words here. Jesus, of course, is not speaking Greek to Peter. He's speaking either Hebrew or Aramaic. But the gospel writer translates the play on words into Greek when he writes it down. And we find a play on words here when Jesus responds to Peter. And Jesus said to him, you are Petros, a tiny pebble. And upon this Petra, massive boulder, I will build my church. So what is Jesus saying? Well, Peter, you've got a piece of the revelation. Of who I am. You didn't get it from man. The Father revealed it to you. But it's only a piece of the total package. You have a piece of the revelation. But upon the total revelation of who I am. I will build my church. Because you see Jesus is the Messiah of Israel. He is the Son of God. But how many of you know he's also the Redeemer. He's the Sanctifier. He is my righteousness. He is my healer. He is my baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He is my deliverer. He is my Lord. He is the King of kings. The Lord of lords. And we could go on and on. Jesus said upon this total revelation. I will build my church. Now it's interesting also in the Greek there is the definite article before the word church. The translators, English translators don't translate it because it sounds clunky in English and they want to make it sound smooth and pretty and nice. But what Jesus said was upon this massive boulder of revelation of who I am I will build my the church. How many of you know there's only one church? Just one. And it's not a Baptist church. And it's not a Pentecostal church. And it's not an Assembly of God church. And it's not a Word of Faith church. There's only one church. And Jesus said, I'm the one building it. And then He said, the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, how many of you know that gates are not offensive weapons? Gates are defensive. I've heard people come up and ask me for prayer and say, Oh, Pastor, the devil's just been attacking me. Oh, the devil's been attacking me. How many of you know gates don't attack anybody? We're supposed to be attacking the gates. And gates represent positions of authority. We are to advance As the kingdom of God upon the earth. And we are to take back those positions of authority. That the enemy has usurped 
not only in the church, but in our culture. Now, I want to focus on one more Greek word. Because that's the, what I believe God sent me here to say to you, pastor, and to this church. The word, our English word, church, C-H-U-R-C-H, actually comes directly from Scottish, Kirk. You'll find people who's named, who are named Kirk, first name or last name, Kirk. That's church. That word, Scottish word, comes through Latin, back to Greek. The Greek word kuriakon, which means belonging to the Lord. So our English word church actually comes from the word that means belonging to the Lord. Yet when we get into our Greek New Testament, Kuriakon is not the Greek word that the English translators translate church. In your English Bible, the word church is a translation of the Greek word ekklesia. The prefix ek, out of, and kaleo, I call. So the ecclesia is technically, etymologically, the assembly of those who have been called out. Now we can go through and we can talk about, yes, Jesus has called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. He's called us out of fear into faith. He's called us out of uh, unbelief into victory. He's called us out of sickness into health. He's called us out of poverty into blessing. We can go through that. And that's wonderful. That's great. That's true. But I want to look at another aspect of ecclesia. Because we haven't just been called out of. We've been called into. God never brings anybody out just to get them out. He always brings them out to take them in. Let me say that one more time. God never brings anybody out just to get them out. He always brings them out to get them in. And I'll throw this in for free. How you leave where you are will determine how you enter where you're going. In ancient Hellenic or Greek culture, the word ecclesia, the called out, was used, listen to me very closely, because this, I believe this is a word at challenge and some instruction for this church, particularly. Because I believe there are remnant saints in this building. I believe there are remnant saints in this building, who aren't content with religion as usual, who aren't content to show up on Sunday morning and sing their little songs and go back to business as usual, living like the world the rest of the week. 
Turn to the person next to you and tell them, I sure hope he's talking about you this time. In ancient Hellenic culture, the word ecclesia was used to refer to the assembly of citizens that was called, specifically called out to meet together and conduct the business of the city or region in which they lived. The ecclesia was a group of citizens called out for a governmental function. God is raising up a remnant within the broader spectrum of what we call Christianity. God is raising up a remnant that will arise into a place of governmental authority. Now understand, yes, we need godly people in political office. Yes, we need people of faith to run for political office. Yes, you need to be a good citizen and vote biblical values every time you go to the polls. If you have ever voted for a candidate that supports the butchering of babies, I command you, if you have not done so in the name of Jesus Christ, repent! Now that doesn't mean everybody on the other side is okay because they're not. But if you've ever voted for a baby butcherer, you repent in Jesus' name. Because you're not right with God. I'm not talking about political government when I talk about the ecclesia rising into a place of governmental Authority. I'm talking about something that transcends the natural realm. I'm talking about something that transcends the political arena. I'm talking about something that transcends into the realm of the unseen and directly begins to exercise the authority of God in the atmosphere over a region. I'm talking about a governmental authority that begins to speak directly into the life of our culture. And there are times when we'll have to declare, choose you whom you will serve. How long are you going to halt between two opinions? If Baal is God, go serve him. If God is God, serve him. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if there's any doubt, because the days of Mount Carmel are about to be upon us, Pastor. If there's any doubt as to who God is, let the God that answers by fire on this altar, let Him show Himself God. And we'll worship Him. I'm talking about governmental authority. The church by and large, and don't misunderstand me, I love the church. I love the people that Jesus bled and died for. I love the company of the redeemed. 
But by and large, the church has adopted this lovey-dovey, non-confrontational, kissy-pie, huggy-boo attitude. Go along to get along. Samson lay in the lap of Delilah until he lost his anointing. How long will we continue to lay in the lap of a world that hates us anyway? I've never preached like this. There is a realm of governmental authority that belongs to the apostolic office and apostolic function. And you're going to begin to rise more fully into the revelation of what that governmental authority entails in the region in which you live. For it is not just for Barrington, not just for Camden. It is an authority that will stretch across a region And I will make divine connections with those of like precious faith. And there will be a networking of relationships that go beyond the carnal networking that men have tried to produce in the past. And it will be a network of hearts and a knitting of hearts and a relationship of closer than brothers. And you will arise in the strength of unity and begin to declare with governmental authority the kingdom purpose of God over the realm in which you live. How many of you have time for me to go one more verse? Not only did Jesus say the gates of hell will not be able to stand against the onslaught of the ecclesia who is walking in a fully orbed revelation of who Jesus is. Jesus turned to Peter and he said, You said, I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. I say, you are Peter. See, Peter said, Jesus, this is who you are. And Jesus said, okay, Peter, this is who you are. (laughs) To the degree you walk in a revelation of who Jesus is, to that degree you have available to you the revelation of who you are in Him. And Jesus said, not only do the gates of hell not be able to stand against the onslaught of the ecclesia walking in that fully orbed revelation of who Jesus is in us and who we are in Him. Jesus re-emphasized the point by saying this. Next verse. What things, I'm quoting King James, what things soever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven Whatsoever things you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Governmental authority. 
I'm building the ecclesia, and the ecclesia will walk in a fully orbed revelation, and as a result, will exercise governmental authority. Can you take another Greek word study? The Greek verbs. The, the Greek, the Greek verbs. I guarantee you, I didn't sit in those airports and sit on those airplanes and for a drive-through. When Jesus said, what things soever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, what things soever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I'm quoting King James. A lot of Christians have pulled that scripture out of its context. Everybody shout context. context. Know what Dr. Jeff's favorite word is in the whole English language? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They pull it out of context and they twist the meaning of that passage and say, well, they're talking about binding devils and loosing angels. Binding demons and loosing angels. Binding demons and loosing angels. And some Christian, one, one little old lady, bless her darling heart. Ignorant head. She walked in the church where she was attending. And she saw another little old lady across the, uh, across the building who she had been at outs with. You know, Paul dealt with that. He said, you tell Yodius and Sintiki, you, they, they, those ladies better get it right. They better get that right. Quit that yang-yang. I'm from Louisiana. How many of you know what a yang-yang is? Anybody in New Jersey know what a yang-yang is? It's a squabble, a fuss, a tiff. And this one lady... Walked all the way. She marched across that church sanctuary to where the other lady was. And she just walked up to her. She'd had a squabble with this woman, you know. And she said, I bind you in Jesus' name. (laughs) The other lady turned back, looked at her and said, You can't bind me. I bound you first. In context, everybody say context. Jesus is not talking, I know we have authority over all of demons and all the powers of hell. I understand that. I know that the angelic hosts minister on behalf of those who are called to be heirs of salvation. I wish I had time to get into that. He's here. Did you catch that? The atmosphere shifted. In that context, Jesus is not talking about binding demons and loosing angels. We thank God for all of the angelic beings and all of the function that they perform in the purpose of God. The Greek verbs there should be rendered like this. What things you permit, or forbid rather, what things you forbid 
on earth shall be what has already been forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on the earth shall be what has already been permitted in heaven. The ecclesia that begins to walk in God's governmental authority in their region and begins to exercise that governmental authority in their region will do so not simply by binding and loosing off the top of my head. I feel like this ought to be bound and I, you know, I think that ought to be loosed. No, the ecclesia that walks in God's governmental authority will be the remnant saints who get on their face before God and pray in the Holy Ghost until they get out of this realm into that realm. Too many Christians pray all of their prayer lives from earth to heaven. And there's a time for that. But God wants us to move into a realm where we're not just praying from earth to heaven, where we're declaring from heaven into the earth. And the only way we can declare from heaven into earth is get into the heavenlies and take hold of the purpose of God and pull it back from the unseen realm into the seen realm. Find out what heaven has decreed over your region and begin to decree. Yes, we make general decrees based on the Scripture because that's God's general will for everybody. Certainly, we do that we begin there by faith, but God wants to take us into a place where we begin to realize our position seated in the heavenlies in Christ. And we begin to decree from our position rather than just crying and hoping based on our condition. When Paul said we're seated in the heavenlies in Christ, I, you, you realize most Christians have this picture that I walk into the throne room of heaven and Jesus is sitting on the throne and Jesus sees me and he smiles so sweetly and he says, come on, son, come on, daughter, and scoots over and we're seated with him. Now listen. That's not the biblical picture that Paul gives us. We are seated in the heavenlies. We are seated in the heavenlies because we are in Christ. Christ is in the throne. We are in Christ. So we are seated in Him where He is presently seated. And God wants us to begin to exercise Kingdom authority from the unseen realm and to decree into the earth the decrees of the Almighty. Yes, there are general decrees we find in Scripture that are God's will for His people everywhere. But there are specific decrees that you can't find chapter and verse 4 in the Bible. What's this county? Camden County. There are specific decrees that God wants to make over Camden County that may not be the same as the decrees He makes over Harris County in Texas. This will be God's general will for everybody in the pages of the Scripture, and we start there. But there are specific issues 
in this region that might not exist in Harris County in Texas and vice versa. There are things that God wants to address here that may not be an issue there or there that may not be an issue here. I decree in the name of Jesus over Camden County that God is exposing the hidden works of darkness. Human trafficking that has moved here to try to escape scrutiny in New York City. And it's moved here because they thought they'd get away with it easier. They thought in this small town they'd be easier to bribe and be easier to, to finagle. And I call for it to be exposed in the name of Jesus. Drug traffickers from Philadelphia that have tried to hide here. I call for them to be exposed in the name of Jesus. You begin to make decrees like that, you see. And there's a lot to be somebody come knock on your door. Say, you know, what you're doing not good for business. What are you going to do? Yeah. We've got to pray. Plead the blood of Jesus. Pray the protection of God. Ezekiel 22.30 Over the remnant church. Here's the good news. If the devil could have snuffed you out. He would have already. That's the good news. The challenge is, what are we going to do from this point? It's exactly the same Jesus was talking about in Matthew 6. What we call the Our Father or the Pater Noster, the Lord's Prayer. You realize Jesus, there's no record Jesus ever prayed that prayer. If you really want to find the prayer Jesus prayed in John 17. When Jesus gives us what we have called the Lord's Prayer, He was asked, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus is giving us the outline of His teaching on prayer. It's a prayer outline. And just like many other rabbis of His day and many teachers today, Jesus Gives the outline and then he goes back and helps us flesh it in. And so he gave that prayer outline. This is, this is Jesus' teaching manual on prayer. In a seven point outline. And one of the points on that outline. Because he said when you pray. Pray according to this pattern. And one of the points in Jesus' prayer outline, and the Greek can be understood as imperative here, kingdom of God come, will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven. We go into heaven, take hold of the purpose of God, and begin to decree that purpose 
into the earth. That's what Jesus is telling us. That you and I, the ecclesia, those who aren't content with religion as usual, those who, aren't, those who are already tired of being sick and tired, those who are not content just to go to church, but are determined to be the ecclesia. Jesus is saying, you, the remnant, are the connecting link between the unseen realm and the seen realm. You realize everything that exists in the seen realm has its origin in the unseen realm? Theologically, we say, and here's Theology 101, Theologically, we say God created the universe ex nihilo. It's a Latin phrase. means out of nothing. Actually, the writer of Hebrews tells us that everything that exists was made of things that do not appear. Everything that appears came from somewhere that doesn't appear. Everything that is visible to our physical senses in the physical realm came from a higher realm that our physical senses are strangers to. Everything that's here came from there. When God said... Light be and light was. God did not create light. That may shock you. God did not create light. God is light. And He is eternally uncreated. When God said light be, He was decreeing a release of the light that was in Him in the unseen realm into the realm of natural manifestation. Because He said light be some days before He created the sun. Where would we have light if we didn't have the sun yet? God said light be and light emanated out of Him and filled the universe. From the unseen to the seen. Will of God be done in earth as it is in heaven. Same thing Paul is talking about. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Same thing Paul was talking about in Romans 4. When he says the faith of Abraham calls things that be not as though they are. Now just because something be not here doesn't mean it be not everywhere. It be somewhere. It may not be here, but it be there. And you call things. You call things. You call it. My buddy, my best buddy, is named Samson. And he's a mutt like me. He doesn't say much, but he loves to climb up in my lap. 
85 pounds of dog in my recliner with me. But if Samson be not here, and I want Samson to be here, what do I do? I call Samson from where he be to be here. Samson! I don't know if I can do it now. No, my whistler's not working, but normally I'll whistle. Yeah, there it goes. And you know, here he comes running. And he's older than I am, if you count doggy years. He, he's an elderly gentleman. But he's spry and active. I'll tell you, just exactly the way I'm going to be when I'm 80. And 90. And 100. Exactly. And he just comes running. Why? I called him. He be not, but I called what be not. And be not came. And be. That's what faith does. We pray in the Holy Ghost until we get into that realm. I'm not just talking about... Listen, don't misunderstand me. Yes, there's blessing. Yes, God promises His provision. Yes, God will meet your needs. Yes, God will pay your bills. Yes, if you need a new car, God will get you a new car. Yes, if you need a place to live, God will get you a house. I guarantee that on the basis of the Word of God, faith will produce whatever you need. But you understand this. God hasn't spent the last 40 years teaching us about the operation of faith and the authority of the believer just so you could get a new Cadillac. Or a $65 million airplane. And I'm not against preachers having airplanes. Not at all. But that's not why God has taught us about faith. God's wanting us to rise up as the ecclesia. And begin by faith with the authority He spent the last 40 years teaching us about. And begin to decree the decrees of heaven into the earth. And begin to say... B. Kingdom of God come in Camden County. Will of God be done in Camden County. For the heaviness you've experienced in time past shall melt away by the wind of the Spirit of God and a fresh revelation of joy and peace shall begin to be upon you and you shall look at the circumstances that used to cause you grief and used to cause you anxiety and you'll begin to laugh at the forces of evil. You'll begin to laugh at the devil's strategy and you'll say, ha, 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 ha. I'm a daughter of God. No gate of hell can prevail against me. I'm moving forward and even my family is going to come into the fullness of the blessing of God. We give you glory, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you honor. Well, lift your hands and thank Him for it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. Is it all right to... Is that right to say some of these? Lord, Lord, oh my, 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 my.
Who's that? All right, I'm going to say it. You understand anything we say, it's conditional. You submit it to the authority that God's placed over your life and they'll help you move in the timings of God. I see the seed of a teaching anointing upon your life. A seed of the teaching anointing upon your life to be able to break Scripture down into like a fourth grade level so that anybody can grasp the concepts that you share. There have been times that you have wondered what in the world has God called me to do? What? Where do I fit in the body of Christ? Where is my place? And at times nobody, it seemed to your mind, nobody understood you, nobody got you. That just, even the best relationships, there was still like a wall. They they love, I know they love me, they just, don't get me. God said, I'm going to join people into your life that get you. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Oh, the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. Come here, sis. Stand up right up there. Is it all right if I lay hands on you? I, just, I sense an anointing come into my hands and I just want to bless you. I want to bless. What's your name, hon? Andrea, I want to bless, bless, oh my, mighty King of glory, mighty King of glory. Father, give her wisdom to deal with difficult people. In the name of Jesus. And may your peace saturate her when she's faced with difficult people. There have been times it's been even easier, as hard as that is, but even easier to face difficult circumstances than to face difficult people. And Father, thank you for your grace. We know in part, we prophesy in part. And when we, it will help you to learn to distinguish when a prophetic minister is perceiving, seeing, or bubbling. Because if a prophetic minister is bubbling, he's speaking inspiration, he or she is speaking inspirationally. And the precise wording will be more significant than if he's perceiving or seeing and then doing the best he can to just express it in his, you know, doing the best he can to express what he's seeing. So I'm perceiving, seeing now. But I perceive a change in a job income type situation, a transition. And it may look at the beginning like a transition in the direction I didn't want to go. But it will prove to be a transition into a realm of greater blessing and increased responsibility. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And again, judge, judge this, pastors. At some point, I, I see, and again, we know in part, we prophesy in part. But a, a ministry anointing for administrative type things. Office work, administrative type stuff. Hallelujah. Father, I bless my sister in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it might take some adjustment, might take some, some help, some training, but oh God, <laughs> she's going to find herself moving into a realm that she didn't any more think fit her than the man in the moon. Thank you for it, Lord. I bless her. Put both your hands in my hand underneath. Would you do that? Just like that. Well, let's just wait for a second. Now you just relax. And stuff is going to go right up. Yeah. Now get her, Lord. Thank you, Father. I bless her in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands and let's worship the Lord. Lift your hands and let's worship Jesus. We give you glory, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you glory. We honor you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. All glory to you, Lord Jesus. I don't know why this... I mean, the last, this last few days, or weeks, couple of weeks actually, and, and I just impressed to do it again, so I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody's here uh, like this or not, but I'm just impressed to pray. Will you join me? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for Sandra and I pray for a reconciliation in family relationships for Sandra in the name of Jesus Christ. And I give you the praise and I give you the glory. First church that we ever pastored together, Linda and I ever pastored together, and and. It's not been my experience so far that God give me names all the time, like some, some fellas. But uh, the, the first time this ever happened was in the first church Linda and I pastored together probably 30 years ago. Well, actually 35 years ago now. And uh, I just, I knew the congregation because we had 30 people in a little backwater town in South Louisiana and I knew everybody that was there. And I knew I got these two names in the spirit, I thought. But I knew there wasn't anybody there with those names because I knew all the people. So I just said, well, church, I don't know why I seem to be getting these names. 
But we're going to pray for these two ladies. It's two ladies' names. And so we just joined right there Sunday morning, and we prayed. That's 30 people, and none, nobody had that name. I knew it. But we prayed for those two ladies. There was a lady in our church that was there that morning who had a shop downtown. And when she went in Monday morning or Tuesday morning to her shop downtown, Two ladies walked in to her shop that she had never seen before. And she got to talking with them and found out one was named one and one was named the other. The two names that we had gotten, they were mother and daughter. And the lady from our church was able to tell them, Ladies, we prayed for you by name Sunday morning in our church. And we've never met you. And as a result, both the mother and the daughter gave their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ right there in that shop on on the main street in that little town. Hallelujah. So I just, you know, if I start, and again, it's been a, a couple of weeks or a month or so that Sandra's kind of been rolling around on the inside of me. And I even made a Facebook post uh, about Sandra and family relationships. And, and so I'm just, we'll just pray it again today. In Jesus' name. Might be. Oh, I didn't know we were video. I didn't know we were on video. If you're out there, be free in Jesus' name. Receive it. Hallelujah. Well, lift your hands and let's worship the Lord. We give you glory, Jesus. We give you praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 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 I'm serious. I can't seem to get away from you. God is wanting to mine treasure that you didn't even know was in there. Hallelujah. Wow. Lift your hands and let's worship the King of glory. Father, I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you glory. I give you praise. I give you glory, Lord. I give you praise. Now, everybody worshiping God, but listen to me. If you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you say, Dr. Jeff, I'm lost, but I need to be saved. I need to know that my sins are washed away and I'm a child of God. I want you to stick your hand up right now, wherever you are. That call's not closed, but we're going to move on. If you're here and you'd say, Dr. Jeff, I really don't know where I stand with God. I'm not sure if I'm saved or not. I I mean, I said a prayer when I was a kid, but I'm really not sure that I'm right with God. Stick your hand up right now. We can make sure before we leave. You might be here. That call's not closed. It's still open, but we're going to move on. You might be here this morning and you might say, Dr. Jeff, I know I've been born of the Spirit. I know I've been born again. Jesus is my Lord. I'm just as sure for heaven as if I'd already been there a thousand years. But even though I've been born of the Spirit, I've never been baptized in the Spirit according to the New Testament pattern. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. 
And Dr. Jeff, I need that endowment of power from on high. I've never spoken in tongues, but I need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. We're not going to seek, tarry, beg, ball, squall, or sling snot. We're going to lay hands on you like in Acts chapter 19 verse 6. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you and you're going to speak with other tongues. It is just that simple to receive. So, so, somebody said, but, but Dr. Jeff, I sought the Holy Ghost for 20 years. That's what we used to do back at Pentecost. I don't know how many people in here were in Pentecost. But I sought the Holy Ghost for 20 years. And because it took me 20 years to receive the Holy Ghost, now the Holy Ghost means something to me. I thought, poor old Paul. He received instantly when Ananias laid hands on him. You know, if you could have gotten to him first, Pastor, do dad. If you could have got to him first and got him to tarry and seek, beg and ball and squall for 20 years, maybe the Holy Ghost would have meant something to Paul. Of course, all he ever did is write two-thirds of the New Testament. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you're here and you need the baptism in the Holy Ghost, stick your hand up right now. I need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. That call's not closed. You might be here this morning and you might say, Dr. Jeff, I know I was born again at some point in the past. I was filled with the Spirit at some point in the past. I spoke in tongues back then. But right now, today, I don't have freedom, fluency to pray in other tongues any time I want to. Listen, that is available to you. If you're a believer and you love Jesus, it is available to you to be able to pray in a supernatural language whenever you want to pray. And you need to pray in that supernatural language every single day. I don't have time to teach the next six hours on why. But if you're here and you say, I need the full release in my prayer language. I need to be able to pray in tongues anytime I want to. I want you to get up where you are and come a-running right now. If you fit any of those other calls that we gave, you get up right now and come running like you're not ashamed to be prayed for. Church, just lift our hands and let's worship the Lord. If you're going to come, come now. I don't, I don't beg and I don't cry and I don't plead. I've opened the door. By faith, I've opened the door. God's already opened, you know. So if you need anything that we've talked about, you need to be born again, need assurance in your relationship with God, you need the baptism in the Holy Ghost, you need freedom in your prayer language, get up where you are right now and get down here. Move quick. Church, just lift your hands and since nobody's come, just lift your hands. I'm assuming everybody already prays in the Spirit. So everybody lift your hands and just pray in the Spirit for a few seconds the pobra manna and the kia refiligo boso revela nombro sevacitaya expiavra oh nimbrosta kapalma nambri veriesto coabavra chiniste dalevra manzi devrandi sora devrandi sora sulevein mandi efrikea bastravacinistre crabangi vide expenefrietos singela baranzi estravoce Revelo munde esperagua, nambal de desi, naledo ma freki, simido coa palma valle bendresis. We give you glory, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you glory.
produce. Le tiendes prova mondi avasto. Glory to the Lamb. Glory to the Lamb. Father, we worship you. We give you glory, Jesus. 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 This is what I hear. And I don't, I, I don't generally normally think in these terms, so I have to believe it's God. I wouldn't have thought to say something like this. After the pruning comes the blossoming. Lift your hands and let's worship the Lord. Glory to God. Well, now, you know, I was impressed to speak that to Pastor Ray, but anybody in here, if that jumps up on the inside of you, you just take a, you just take a bite of that. You know, after the pruning comes the blossoming. You might feel like you've been going through some pruning. You're getting about ready to shine. You're getting about ready to blossom. Ideas, ideas are coming forth that are going to go contrary to human wisdom and human logic, but they're going to make money. And the world is going to be in awe. How could that work? We give you glory, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory, Jesus. We give you praise. Yeah. And you just, you, all you'll be able to say is, look what the Lord has done. Yeah. Amen. God idea. God seed. God idea. Thank you, Father. God ideas. God ideas. <laughs> that will meet a need in a niche. God ideas that will meet a need in a niche. Wow. Mighty Father. Glory to God. Woo. Woo. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Lord said one reason is because He loves you, of course, and has pr promised certain things to you. He's promised certain things to you in private that you hadn't seen the manifestation of yet, but you've known it. You knew it was God when He when He put it in your spirit. And you just hadn't seen it come forth yet, and God keeps His promises. God always keeps His promises. God always keeps His promises. And another reason is because you've been a faithful giver, and God's going to raise you into a realm. I love it when I get to give this word to somebody. There's probably been a half a dozen people in the last 20 years that God's let me give this word to. But God's going to raise you into a realm where you will be able to give like you want to give instead of being limited to being able to give just as you're able to give. Thank you, my Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. You, you, you know the difference, right? Yeah, we, we want to give. We'd give a million dollars tomorrow if we could. It just I don't have a million bucks.
what, what's the out, out, Sister Carol was just telling us in the car over here something was being uh, paid off this week or whatever. But any out, what is out, anything outstanding. I call for every outstanding debt in this ministry to be paid in full in the name of Jesus. From God's supernatural and abundant supply. Thank you for what, whatever it was Sister Carol told me God already got paid off. Thank you for that. We call for the rest of it to be paid off in Jesus' name. I don't know why I keep hearing this. God, God wrought a great, I wouldn't think of this on my own. God wrought a great deliverance with Gideon's 300. After he trimmed it down from thousands, he pruned it down, and then he took those 300 and beat the snot out of the enemy. Hallelujah. Is that alright for me to say it that way? Wow. Don't look at what you've got. Look at what God's got. Don't look at your ability. Focus on His ability. Hallelujah. The devil tried to keep you focused on your limitations. Education limitations, ability limitations, physical limitations, all of these kind of limitations. You can't do this because of that. You can't do this because of that. You, you can't make money because you're on a fixed income. Who fixed it? God's won't give you increase and you turn it down because you'll lose a check for $200 and you're going to turn down God's multiplied increase so you can keep your little $200 check. Give me a holy break. I had somebody come up my healing. Is this all right, Pastor? I had somebody come up one of my healing lines one night and say, uh, you know, he's, he's Cajun down South Louisiana. And he said, Mais pastor, before you lay hands on me, he said, I want you to just take the pain away. I don't want to be healed because if I get healed, I lose my check. So just lay hands on me and take the pain away. But I don't want to be healed because I lose my check. Dr. Jeff, what did you do? I'll tell you what I did. Next. Well, I'm having fun whether you are or not. (laughs) Glory to God. Glory to God. Why? Would I be seeing something like this? I don't know if this is a now word, future word, or confirming word. Please let your pastors help you judge it and walk it out in the timings of God. You understand that. Don't don't jump up and try to go and do something just because somebody tells you. But I see you hosting like a women's gathering, a small women's gathering, almost like a coffee clatch or a, a, a small women's Bible study, something 
like that and ministering the word and compassion, compassion to women that have been battered and abused. We give you glory, Jesus. How many of you know there's women that's been battered and they've been abused? It's bad enough to be psychologically abused, manipulated, but even beyond that, any man that would ever hit a woman, not much of a man. There's just enough southerner left in me. And just enough pro wrestler left in me. That I better not ever see it happen. How many of you still love me? I'm liable to do like Jesse said. You know, Jesse said, I know my old man is dead, but every once in a while I want to tell him, get up from there. We got a job to do. <laughs> oh, everybody say, God bless Jesse. Amen. Somebody said, what are you doing? I'm idling my motor. I don't want to miss anything the Holy Ghost might be wanting to do. Lift your hands and let's worship Jesus. Simon Fresia volturno mangiana mal de vesdi, spesisi unduri, sunit lede bochad vana maia, creciente questo, quads vede storrom bahastria, levi miamo storfrom on decaia plemenzia vendros. I'm impressed to say this before I give it back to Pastor, and I love when God lets me say this. I don't get reminded to say it in every meeting necessarily. If you are here and you are single, male or female, you are presently unmarried. The Holy Spirit is quickening to me to exhort you at this moment. Never settle for less than God's best. Don't trade God's Mr. Right for Mr. Right Now. Don't trade God, God's Mrs. Right for Mrs. Right Now. How many of you still love me? Because part of, the, part, part of this being in the ecclesia, the remnant saints, the remnant church, part of that Involves being equally yoked with someone of like precious faith. Sister Linda wasn't able to be here in here this morning. But we minister together. We move together. We flow together. We pray together. We're in this together. We've made a life partnership of this thing. Amen. 
And it's not bossy me and doormat her. We're partners. Yeah, God has roles and God has levels and all of that. I understand that. But I would not, because I trust her prophetic voice, I would not even consider making a major move. She trusts me too. If I did, she'd say, oh great, God led you to do the wonderful. Let's go. But because I trust her prophetic voice, I would never make a major move without her getting a witness of it on the inside from the Holy Ghost. Amen. I had the opportunity to pastor a church in Alabama some years ago. We had left our last church and I miss pastoring so bad. I and here was a great one. This was a good one. Linda wasn't able to go with me on that trip. We always travel together, but for some reason she wasn't able to be with me there. But we kept in touch, you know, on the phone. This, you know. And I got home, marvelous church. We had a great move of God. They showed me the books. They had money. I mean, bunches of money. And everything's paid for. And the people loved, our, loved my ministry. They loved the message. They loved the move of the Spirit. And I got home. And I said, Linda, pack the bags. We're moving to Alabama. And she looked at me and she said, I will go if you say we're going. I'm not going to leave you over it. We're in this thing together. I will go with you. If you are determined to go, I will go with you. But number one, it's not the will of God. And number two, when you find out it's not the will of God, I promise to not say I told you so. But she said, that's not the will of God. And you know my response when she said, that's not the will of God? You know my response? I know it, but I want to go. <laughs> See, I already knew. Wonderful church, nothing wrong with that church. It just wasn't God's will for me. I knew it. But I wanted to go. I had, an, I had had enough days wondering where the, how the light bill is going to be paid. I had enough days of having to stretch my faith as far as it would go just to get some beans and rice on the table. I wanted to go. I mean, it's a great church. They'd pay me more in a year than I'd ever seen in my lifetime. Glory to God. Yeah. Well, somebody got blessed. I know that. Hallelujah. God put somebody in there. The point is, the safest place on earth, I can guarantee you, listen to me very closely, if I had taken that church because of some things that happened later, if I had taken that church, it is very possible that I might not even be alive physically right now. I can't say yay or nay for sure, but it's possible. 
The safest place on earth is in the will of God. The safest place on earth is your place. You know, the Bible says people that leave their place are like a bird that falls from his nest. You realize when a baby bird falls from his nest, it takes a miracle of God for that little baby bird to survive. 99 out of 100 little baby birds that fall from their nest do not survive. Stay in your place. Stay in your place. Don't be the little birdie falls from the nest. Stay in your place. Father, I bless this people in the name of Jesus. I bless this house. I bless these pastors in Jesus' name. I bless the staff ministry. I bless the volunteer staff in the name of Jesus. I bless the media people and the sound people in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for your blessing to be upon this house, for your blessing. I bless the worship team in Jesus' name. I thank you for your blessing to be upon this house and bring forth prophetic music from this worship team in Jesus' name. I thank you for it. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and grant you shalom in Jesus' name. God bless you. Pastor. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give the Lord praise. Thank you, Dr. Jeff.